The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Markets, headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are moving higher as we await July CPI. Let's head right over to the first breaking news desk for today's morning call with Tatiana Darie. Good morning, Tatiana. Good morning, Nathan. Like you said, futures quiet ahead of this a big inflation report today. Dow futures are 55, S&P minis down 7, while Nasdaq uh, up uh, 18. Treasuries are slightly lower. The U.S. 10-year yield is up half a basis point to two spots, 78%. Oil is down one, and Bitcoin is holding just above 23,000. On the economic front today, MBA mortgage application at 7, and the latest CPI print at 8.30. In early trading this morning, Twitter is up 4% after Elon Musk said he sold 6.9 billion of Tesla shares in case he's forced to go ahead with the acquisition. Tesla shares are up too. Regarding earnings, Coinbase down 7 after the company narrowed its users' forecast and missed revenue estimates. And Plug Power is down 2 after its numbers. In other news, Kohlberg is acquiring 50% of the United States Infrastructure Corporation in a deal valuing the company at about $4 billion. And wrapping things up, CF Industries was raised to overweight from equal weight at Barclays. Live from the First and Breaking News Desk, I'm Tatiana Daria Nathan. Okay, Tatiana. Thanks to get live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type squawk on the terminal. SQUA Go. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now, here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Businessman Tim Michaels, endorsed by former President Trump, won the Republican primary for Wisconsin governor. Michaels will face Democratic Governor Tony Evers. Michaels defeated former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Kleefish, who was endorsed by former VP Mike Pence. In Connecticut, Trump endorsed Leora Levy, won her GOP U.S. Senate primary with more than 50% of the vote in a three-way race. Levy will face Democratic incumbent Richard Blumenthal. In District 4, Republican Jamie Stevenson beat Michael Goldstein with more than 60% of the vote for U.S. House seat. Stevenson will run against Democratic incumbent Jim Himes. In other primary races, progressive Democrat Ilhan Omar beat out a challenger for her Minneapolis-based House seat. In Vermont, Becca Blunt could become the first woman to represent state in Congress. In baseball, the Yankees lost. The Mets, Nationals, and Orioles won. The Red Sox, Giants, and A's lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. We are live from the uh, Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. Now it's time to turn to news in science and technology. The Bloomberg NJIT STEM report is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked the top 50. National Public University by U.S. News and World Report, top 10 in the nation for engineering by money.com. Learn more at NJIT. 
Edu. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Russia successfully launched an Iranian imaging satellite as the country's deepened strategic ties amid the war in Ukraine and uncertainty over the fate of the Iranian nuclear deal. The satellite was fired into space from a spaceport in Kazakhstan that's operated by Moscow. Meanwhile, the Indian Space Research Organizations made an effort to launch satellites using a small satellite launch vehicle has failed. Satellites were placed in the wrong orbit and were no longer usable, according to the ISRO chairman. India is working to develop a new generation rocket that can carry uh, satellites into orbit to capitalize on the growing market in small commercial satellites. And Han Hai Precision Industry Company, the maker of most of the world's iPhones, posted a profit that beat estimates as demand for its cloud products helped it weather supply chain snarls and sluggish smartphone demand. Han Hai is also making a play to expand into electric vehicles. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. John. Hi, Nathan. And we are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it is now 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Among the top stories out of the nation's capital, the GOP cast Trump as victim, attacks the FBI in midterm uh, rally cry. Donald Trump will testify under oath today in the New York AG's long-running civil investigation. President Biden learned of the Trump raid from media reports, according to the White House, and the Trump tax returns must be given to a House panel. That's uh, the latest court ruling. Corporations would pay more, middle class less, under the U.S. tax bill, and the Wisconsin primary set up a uh, marquee battle for control of the Senate. Let's take a deeper dive into some of these stories this morning with Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins, who joins us now. Em, uh, good morning to you. Is uh, the, the well, I was going to say raid, but uh, more accurately, the uh, execution of the search warrant of Donald Trump's home yesterday, uh, is that energizing the uh, Trump base at this point or even the former president himself? Well, we are really seeing Republicans unite around the former president after the search warrant was carried out at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, you've had a number of folks who are floated as potential uh, folks who might primary uh, Trump in a Republican uh, presidential nomination. Go ahead and, and support support him, say that what happened was wrong to call out the FBI for what occurred. Um at the same point, you do have a number of Republicans. I think the most prominent would be Senate uh, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who have basically said, look, we need to get to the bottom of what the search warrant was actually about. We need transparency as far as what they are looking for, why they are looking for it. Right now, from reporting from Bloomberg and others, this does seem to be related to uh, documents that Trump took from the White House that should have remained under federal protection. Uh, we actually... Uh, Earlier this year, we had folks from the National Archives go down to Mar-a-Lago, remove about 15 boxes of documents. We're now seeing reporting from the Washington Post that additional boxes of information were taken. Of course, this is a different investigation than what we're seeing the Justice Department look at over January 6th, different than the January 6th House panel, also different. And then the uh, New York Attorney General, who's been looking at the former president um, for his real estate. Okay, before we get to the next investigation, what, what is the White House saying? 
So at this point, the White House is kind of letting the investigation go forward. Uh, President Biden, you know, he found, first found out about this report via media reports, as, as you mentioned. And Biden is really trying to take a very hands-off approach here with what Attorney General Merrick Garland does. Uh, Biden's trying to say that, you know, Garland has the, the ability and the authority and the space to do what he feels needs to be done. And the White House does not want to pressure him in any regard. Uh, there is uh, another investigation, well, uh, numerous investigations. Uh, the one uh, you mentioned with the New York Attorney General, can you explain what's happening on that front today? Yeah, so this has been a long run, long running investigation into Trump's real estate dealings. Uh, there are allegations that Trump misstated the value of properties like his skyscraper and golf courses. I know there's, there already been some depositions taken. This has been a, a long running investigation at this point. Uh, but we know that Trump did post on a truth social media, uh, media today that he is going to be questioned, uh, by New York Attorney General, uh, in this investigation. Okay, that's in person that, uh, supposed to take place today, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, also a court ruling that goes against the former president on his uh, tax returns. Can you tell us more? Yeah, so the House Ways and Means Committee has been trying to get a hold of Trump's tax returns since 2019. And at this point, we finally got a federal court of appeals giving them the green light to do so, saying, yes, you under you know current law and current authority, you are allowed to have these tax returns. And so the committee is expecting to get them, they said, pretty quickly. Um, we'll learn more about what is in them at this point, as well as if there's going to be any sort of legislation that Congress does. I mean, there has been a precedent that presidents usually or, or candidates do disclose uh, their taxes just for full transparency with the American people. But obviously, that's not a law. That's not a requirement. And so House Speaker Nancy Pelosi yesterday told me and a couple other reporters that she'll leave it to the committee, the Ways and Means Committee, to look into whether actual additional legislation is needed at this point. Uh, but expect to hear more revelations about that in the coming weeks. And uh, finally, we'll have to do this one in about a minute or so. The uh, the uh, tax bill, the U.S. tax bill, corporations would pay more middle class less. I didn't know there was a middle class left, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, there are a lot of people, I think, who would, who would share your sentiment. But basically, this bill is showing that Democrats, it's going to do a lot of what Democrats will actually push it for. Um, that corporations are going to have to pay 296 billion more in U.S. taxes over the next decade, as well as middle income households could be seeing some tax cuts under this tax and climate bill. Remember, this is a bill, uh, was initially the Build Back Better. It got really pared down. It passed the Senate. Uh, last week, and the House is going to be taking a vote on Friday, where it's expected to pass and actually go to Biden's desk to be signed into law. Expect to hear a lot about this. Democrats talking about it come November on the campaign trail, and also expect Republicans to be talking about it as well, because there have been uh, various reports coming out on this bill, doing the analysis, and some of them have suggested that some folks could see an increase in taxes under this who are who make less than $400,000 a year. All right, Em. Thanks very much. Uh, Bloomberg's Emily Wilkins. You can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. Also, a reminder, you can follow all the latest 
on Bloomberg Radio in Washington. That's Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Now, ahead of the uh, cash open on Wall Street, Dow futures, they're up 68 points. That's up two-tenths of a percent. S&P E-mini futures, nine points higher right now. That's up two-tenths. And the NASDAQ E-mini futures, uh, 31 points. That's a rise of about two-tenths of a percent. That could all change at 8.30 Wall Street time. That's when we can get the U.S. inflation print that could show the biggest slowdown since April of 2020, on the headline at least, decelerating 8.7% last month. That is among the expectations. You've been listening to Bloomberg Daybreak just ahead, Bloomberg Surveillance. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It is 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker. I'm Nathan Hager. We're about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analysts. Helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analysts today at ibkr.com slash ga. We're just about two hours away from the release of this morning's inflation print. Economists predicted deceleration in consumer prices for July after a hotter-than-expected June reading. Sylvia Jablonski is CEO at Defiance ETFs. Even if it surprises us to the downside, which would be positive for equities, I think we'll get a little rally off of something like that. It doesn't really change the picture in the short term in terms of what the Fed has to do to get to neutral. Sylvia Jablonski of Defiance ETF says the recent market pullback is presenting opportunity for long-term investors. And this morning we're learning about the impact of President Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. It's set to become law in the coming days. One major bank says the bill will hardly impact prices at all. Bloomberg's Renita Jung uh, joins us live now with that story. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, John. The Inflation Reduction Act is estimated to reduce the federal budget deficit by about $300 billion over the next decade. But J.P. Morgan Chase economists say the law will have almost no effect on the price growth that's currently running at the fastest pace in four decades. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, and the Penn Wharton Budget Model all agree that the legislation legislation will have a minimal influence on inflation. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Renita, thanks to corporate earnings now. Disney releases quarterly results after the close today, and Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger has a preview. Bloomberg Intelligence says the entertainment giant appears to be firing on almost all cylinders. Disney Plus is doing well. The consensus is that the streaming video service added 9.7 million subscribers during the quarter. The loss of the streaming rights to Indian Premier League cricket could force Disney to cut its subscriber targets. Demand at theme parks has been strong. That division may report an operating profit that exceeds consensus. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. Jeff, thanks. Earnings in crypto disappointed. Ever Coinbase posted a record uh, second quarter loss and lower than expected revenue yesterday. And this morning, John, we're learning about another share sale by Elon Musk. He's unloaded another nearly $7 billion in Tesla stock, according to regulatory filings. The sale comes as Musk faces legal challenges in his bid to pull out of a deal to buy Twitter. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And straight ahead, we'll bring you local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg.
right, thanks, Nathan. 6.33 on Wall Street, and it's time to bring in Michael Barr to tell us what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much. A deadly bus crash on the New Jersey Turnpike last night. Authorities say a double-decker bus transporting passengers from New York to Philadelphia overturned near Woodbridge. Sergeant Lawrence Peel of the state police spoke to reporters. We are confirming right now one fatality and five serious injuries as a result of the collision. Sergeant Peel says the bus also hit a pickup truck. Former President Donald Trump will be questioned under oath today in the New York Attorney General's long-running civil investigation into his dealings as a real estate mogul. The White House says President Biden and aides were not given a heads-up on the FBI raid on former President Trump's Mauer Logo estate and learned about the search from news reports. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. President Biden has been unequivocal since the campaign. He believes in the rule of law, in the independence of of the Justice Department investigations. Meanwhile, Trump supporters are speaking out about the search. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. You should never use the Justice Department on a political whim like this. And I think that's the real question that we're looking at. House Minority Leader McCarthy called for oversight of the DOJ. Primary elections were held in four states. Tim Michaels, backed by former President Trump, won the Wisconsin GOP gubernatorial nomination with 40% of the votes over former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Cleefish, who was endorsed by former VP Mike Pence. Michaels thanked his supporters late last night. Since I was a young boy where I helped farmers bale hay and pick rocks, I know how to do a hard day's work. And the hardworking people of Wisconsin deserve to have a leader who understands how hard they're working and will lead by example. Tim Michaels will face Democratic Governor Tony Evers. In Connecticut, Trump endorsed Leora Levy won her GOP U.S. Senate primary with more than 50% of the vote in the three-way race. Levy will face Democratic incumbent Richard Blumenthal. In District 4, Republican Jamie Stevenson beat Michael Goldstein with more than 60% of the vote for a U.S. House seat. Stevenson will run against Democratic incumbent Jim Himes. New York City's MTA is a step closer to rolling out a concession pricing plan that would charge some motorists as much as $23 to enter Manhattan's central business district. The tolling scenario for the plan, a first for U.S. City, was outlined in an environmental assessment report released today. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, John. All right, Michael, thank you. It's 6.36 on Wall Street. Yeah, it's time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. And for that, here's John Stash. All right, John, another one nothing loss for the Yankees. It happened this past Saturday in St. Louis. Last night in Seattle, the Mariners won one nothing in 13 innings. Neither team could score despite the rule now where extra innings begin with a runner at second base. In both the 10th and 11th, the Yanks killed their scoring chance. First, Andrew Benintendi got picked off, and then Jose Trevino got thrown out between second and third. Aaron Boone was asked about base running. Obviously, you know, where runs are, are really tough to come by, um, you know, it's it's been one of the real strengths of this team, so I don't want us to lose our aggressiveness, but but obviously we got to be a little smarter. Mariners won it with a couple of hits in the 13th off Jonathan Lewis. Again, 13 innings, the Yanks only had three hits. The Mets, with their 6-2 win over the Reds at City Field, now have a better record than the Yankees. Carlos Carrasco with his 13th win, home runs for Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil. The Mets have won 14 of their last 16, 
In their last four wins, they've only allowed a total of seven runs. The Rangers announced a new captain, 28-year-old hard-hitting defenseman Jacob Truba, getting ready for his fourth season with the Blue Shirts. The Rangers have been without a captain since Ryan McDonough left in 2018. In golf, Cam Smith, the Aussie who won the Open Championship last month, is the latest to join the new Live Tour. Serena Williams will retire after the upcoming U.S. Open in New York. She is 40. She's won 23 majors. It's one shy of the record that really needs an asterisk because Margaret Court won many of hers at a time when pros didn't even play in the majors. Serena, without a doubt, the goat of women's tennis. She said she's ready to move on to new things. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. John? John, thanks very much. It is now 638 on Wall Street, and that's time to... Take a look at stocks. Uh, some of the names that are moving in the pre-market this morning for that. We're joined by Bloomberg reporter Laura Wright. Uh, top red story has to do with uh, Elon Musk. And, of course, that is uh, moving shares of Tesla. All has to do with Twitter. What's the latest? Yeah, both Tesla and Twitter moving to the upside. That seems an aberration as in recent times we've become used to an inverse correlation between the pair. Look, Musk has sold almost $7 billion of his Tesla shares. You could call this a a form of damage limitation. Musk is preparing for the eventuality that he may have to buy Twitter. We know he's tried to get out of that deal. Twitter is rallying, um, and in accordance to one analyst, Danai from Wedbush, because it seems that this deal is more likely Elon Musk may be forced to buy. And some news in the crypto space this morning. What's that? Yeah, Coinbase down 7% ahead of the bell. Look, it reported a record loss in the second quarter and revenue that fell short of expectations. Coinbase has narrowed their projection for average monthly user transactions for the rest of this year. What analysts find concerning, though, is the decrease in retail trading. That said, Coinbase has partnerships with heavyweights such as Meta and BlackRock, which will take some time to take off. Well, what is Carlot's? Well, this is an auto dealer, and it's agreed to merge with Shift Technologies, a fellow car dealer. Carlotts is up 24% in pre-market trading. This will be a stock-for-stock transaction. And the street, the geographic overlap, and the opportunity to unlock synergies with the new company. And uh, finally, Roblox. i got to answer what that is. Yeah, so Roblox is a children's and teenage game maker. Right now it's That's down percent. It. <laughs> Neither do I. I had to look it up before. No, not a game player myself. But basically um, it reported bookings that missed analysts' estimates. Another one bites the dust, you could argue. We saw this with NVIDIA earlier this week, which itself experienced a lack of demand for chips necessary for high-quality PC gaming. Now that economies have reopened, cost of living is starting to bite seems that demand for gaming is is decreasing. Okay. Laura, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, Bloomberg reporter Laura Wright. Looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, we have right now S&P futures, the E-mini futures down nine points. Dow futures, they're up 64 points. And the Nasdaq E-mini futures right now up 32 points. Of course, all that could change after 8.30. That's when we get the all-important inflation uh, print for the month of July. Uh, and right now, as we look at Treasuries, the inversion continues, uh, 47, negative 47 basis point difference between twos and tens. The twos at 325, the 10-year yield right now, 2.78%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Got a Bloomberg weather from meteorologist Rob Carolyn. The clouds today giving way to partial sun, maybe a thunderstorm later, highs in the mid-80s. Tomorrow, chance of morning showers, then partly sunny, the high temperature about 85 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are posting modest gains in cautious trading ahead of U.S. inflation data that will shape investor expectations for further Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are up 11 points. Dow futures are higher by 75. NASDAQ futures on the rise by 39 points. The 10-year Treasury is now little changed. The yield 2.77%. Yield on the two-year, 3.24%. NYMEX crude is down 1%, down 91 cents, $89.59 a barrel. COMEX gold is down a tenth percent, down $2.10 at 18.10.20 an ounce. The euro is at 1.0228 against the dollar. The pound is at 1.2091. The yen, 134.95. Bitcoin down about three-tenths percent, right around 23,000. That's the Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Donald Trump's candidate of choice has won Wisconsin's Republican nomination to take on Democratic Governor Tony Evers. Businessman Tim Michaels defeated former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Kleefish, backed by former VP Mike Pence. Former President Trump will be questioned under oath today in the New York Attorney General's long-running civil investigation into his real estate dealings. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the Mariners one zip in 13 innings. The Mets beat the Reds 6-2. The Red Sox lost to the Braves 9-7. The Nationals and Orioles won. The Giants and A's lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. Michael, thank you. 619 on Wall Street. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Joining us now, Morgan Stanley, Chief U.S. Economist Ellen Zentner. Investors today focused on the key inflation report, the Consumer Price Index, out at 8.30 Wall Street time. Let's get a preview right now. Ellen, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Have we seen the peak? Uh, yeah, it depends on which metric you follow. But, uh, yeah, hopefully no upside surprises in today's report. But, of course, that's the norm of late. And uh, But, yeah, year-over-year rates um, should be coming down on the headline. And that includes food and energy. And, of course, that's easy to say because both food and energy uh, prices have been falling. But we continue to remain very focused, and the Fed continues to remain very focused on core inflation that strips out food and energy. And month over month, that rate should be slower this month than the previous month. Uh, and that's really that sequential slowing that the Fed is going to be looking for. Uh, and I think if we get that, then I think it's still going to keep markets pretty balanced between will they go 75 basis points or 50 at their next meeting. Yeah, it's that the headline that uh, folks like me pay attention to because I pay less at the pump and pay less at the supermarket. But as you point out, uh, Jay Powell and company, they're, they're focused uh, more on the core. Uh, and uh, as far as the uh, the rate trajectory from here, you do think it's lower? The In terms of inflation, yeah, I do think that what we'll see in today's numbers, that at least on a sequential basis, that, we, that, that the last print, probably was the peak. 
but, you know, John, there have been so many volatile components that have been so difficult to forecast. And, you know, airline prices, we've been hearing they've been coming down. Does that show up in this report? What happens with new and used motor vehicle prices? Those have been big swing factors. But I think what you want to drill into right away is what happens with rental prices. Um, shelter is a big uh, share of the core bucket of consumer inflation, and it is a problem. And it's something that tells you the it, it is a uh, uh, an element that tells you how tight the labor market is. Um, and it tells you how difficult and sticky inflation is to come down. So that's really where we should focus if we're thinking about individual components when that report comes out. Um, is shelter inflation still a problem? And, of course, rental prices are in that. And that's going to keep the Fed on a, on a hiking uh, bias, of course, for quite some time. We're just trying to determine the end game. How far does the Fed need to go? Not do they need to continue to hike. Well, I'll put that right back to you. How far do they need to go? Well, we think that they go at least uh, to 3.625% uh, mid-range of the federal funds rate uh, target at the end of this year. Um, and I think markets are well positioned for the Fed going uh, much higher from where we are uh, today. So that's roughly another 125 basis points from where we are today in the Fed funds rate. So that's still a steep path into the end of the year. Where we differ from market expectations is that we believe that the Fed will hold there for almost all of 2023 before starting to cut rates in December 2023, whereas the market believes that we're headed for some real trouble here uh, and the Fed's going to have to start cutting rates shortly after they reach that that peak. I just believe inflation is going to stay high. I do believe that there is uh, a real chance that we could have a, quote-unquote, soft landing, and so I don't think the Fed's going to need to start cutting right away after they reach that peak rate. Yeah, the, the Fed, of course, has this dual mandate, the price stability and full employment. Do they have to torpedo the, the jobs market uh, to get what they want on the inflation front? Yeah, well, um, John, I like that word, torpedo, but it certainly sounds ominous, doesn't it? Um, they do have to. So this is in, in nice economics and Fed speak, right? They have to create slack in the labor market. So torpedo sounds a little strong, but what does slack in the labor market mean? It means that the unemployment rate needs to rise. The labor market is too tight. Uh, and so uh, certainly Friday's jobs report uh, made it look like the labor market was still tightening, not starting to loosen. Uh, and that's a problem for the Fed because you really can't bring inflation down unless you create slack in the economy and especially slack in the labor market. Uh, and we just haven't seen signs yet that the labor market um, is slowing from this toward pace of job gains. How does productivity, we've only got about 20 seconds left, how does productivity figure into this? Oh, productivity, you want productivity to rise uh, because it is a dampener uh, on inflation. Um, and productivity is so volatile right now because of the underlying data. But ultimately, you want productivity to be high uh, in order to help bring inflation down.
All right, Alan, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we appreciate it. Alan Zentner, the chief U.S. economist at Morgan Stanley. Again, we get that inflation report, uh, the print right now at uh, 8.30. could show the biggest slowdown since April uh, 2020, at least on uh, the headline. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, the Dow futures right now 72 points higher. S&P futures, they're up 10. And the Nasdaq futures, 33 points higher. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And the Bloomberg weather for today from meteorologist Rob Carroll. Clouds giving way to partial sun. Chance of a thunderstorm highs in the mid-80s. Tomorrow, morning showers that partly sunny. Highs about 85 degrees. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Traders ready for the latest reading on inflation. Elon Musk sells more Tesla shares to prepare for the possible purchase of Twitter. The DOJ is poised to sue Google over its digital ad dominance. And Coinbase slides after an earnings miss and dim forecast. A bus accident in New Jersey has left at least one person dead. Plus, former President Trump gives his deposition today in New York. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower in sports. Another win for the Red Hot Mets. The Yankees lost in Seattle. One to nothing in 13 innings. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm John Tucker. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. Futures are moving higher as we await July CPI. It's 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up nine points. Dow futures up 57. Nasdaq futures are higher by 33 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 132nd. The yield 2.77%. Yield on the two-year 3.24%. NYMEX crude is down nine-tenths percent or 88 cents, 95 dollars, 43 cents a barrel. John. Nathan, all eyes are on this morning's inflation report. Economists predict a deceleration in consumer prices. They predict prices for July rose at an annual rate of 8.7%. Let's get more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Headline inflation is forecast to have eased in July in large part because oil prices fell, bringing down the cost of gasoline. While perhaps helpful, it won't have much influence on Fed thinking. That's because core inflation, stripping out energy and food, is expected to post another big increase. Rents in particular are seen accelerating, which boosts the home price component of CPI. While many commodities have declined in price on futures markets, those drops likely haven't worked their way into retail prices yet. Also, another big drop in productivity during the second quarter means companies aren't recouping all their costs, including labor costs, which rose at a double-digit pace from April through June. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. This morning we're learning about the impact of President Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. It is set to become law in the coming days. One major bank says the bill will hardly impact prices at all. 
Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with that story. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. The Inflation Reduction Act is estimated to reduce the federal budget deficit by about $300 billion over the next decade. But J.P. Morgan Chase economists say the law will have almost no effect on the price growth that's currently running at the fastest pace in four decades. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, and the Penn Wharton Budget Model all agree that the legislation will have a minimal influence on inflation. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Renita, thanks. Meantime, we're learning the Inflation Reduction Act will have tax implications for corporations and middle-class Americans. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Analysis by the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation finds that corporations will pay nearly $296 billion more in federal taxes over the next decade, much of that from a new corporate minimum tax requiring billion-dollar companies to pay a 15% minimum. Households making less than $100,000 will see net tax cuts through 2025, mostly through Affordable Care Act premium subsidies. Taxes for middle- and low-income households are largely unchanged. The bill is set for a vote in the House on Friday. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Amy, thank you. Let's turn our attention overseas now, where Europe is in the midst of a heat wave evaporating the region's rivers. A major waterway in Germany's drying up. That could have major economic implications. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts joins us from London with the latest on that. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and John. The River Rhine is set to become effectively impassable to shipping later this week. The German government says the water will drop below 16 inches deep on Friday at a key point west of Frankfurt as the region's drought continues. At that level, vessels that haul everything from diesel to coal will be unable to use the river. It's yet another problem in Europe's worst energy crisis in decades. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. Ewan, thanks. Let's turn to the markets now, where earnings are away on semiconductor stocks. Micron Technology, the latest chip maker to warn of slowing demand. We've heard similar sentiment from NVIDIA, Intel, and AMD in recent days. That caused the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index to fall more than 4% yesterday. Well, earnings in the crypto space are disappointing as well, John. Shares of Coinbase are down almost 8% this morning after the company posted a record second quarter loss and lower than expected revenue. Coinbase Chief Operating Officer Emily Choi discussed the results with Bloomberg's Emily Chang. I think it was a rough quarter for most companies. In the crypto space, we obviously had some big episodic events that happened during the quarter. And so some of those asset prices shrunk, which then impacts things like the assets on platform and other numbers. Coinbase COO Emily Chang speaking on Bloomberg Technology. Catch our daily Bloomberg Technology podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And sticking with earnings, Disney set to report today after the bell. Bloomberg Intelligence says the company expects to see subscriber growth for its Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, but the big question is whether management will walk back future subscriber guidance after losing streaming rights for the Indian Premier League. Well, we're learning this morning about another share sale by Elon Musk. He has sold another nearly $7 billion in Tesla stock, according to regulatory filings. The sale comes as Musk faces legal challenges in his bid to pull out of a deal to buy Twitter. Global Business Editor Emma O'Brien has more on the sale. Looks like he's looking to cash in uh, on a substantial amount of stock while it is at a decent level, around $850 a share right now, up from those lows reached in May, uh, just above $600. Bloomberg's Emma O'Brien says Musk could sell even more Tesla shares if he's forced to buy Twitter. And right now, Tesla is up about 2% in the pre-market. And some big news from the search giant Google. Sources tell us the Justice Department preparing to sue Google as soon as next month. 
The move would cap years of work building a case that the Alphabet unit illegally dominates the digital advertising market. The Justice Department declined to comment on further details. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, we have futures in the green this morning. The Dow futures of 57 points. That's a rise of two-tenths of a percent. S&P E-mini futures up nine. NASDAQ futures, they're up 32 points. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's now 607 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. There was a deadly bus crash on the New Jersey Turnpike last night. Authorities say one person was killed and five people were seriously injured when a passenger bus from New York to Philadelphia overturned near Woodbridge. Sergeant Lawrence Peel of the State Police. Preliminary information indicates that at approximately 6.53 p.m., a coach double-decker bus overturned and came to rest on the entrance ramp to the service area. Sergeant Peel says the bus also struck a pickup truck. Former President Donald Trump says he will be questioned under oath today in the New York Attorney General's long-running civil investigation into his real estate dealings. The New York civil investigation involves allegations that Trump's company misstated the value of assets and misled lenders and tax authorities. FBI agents recently searched his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida as part of an unrelated federal probe into whether he took classified records when he left the White House. Trump supporters are reacting to the search. Republican Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. This raises serious questions again about the Biden administration politicizing and weaponizing law enforcement. I believe Congress should hold hearings. We should have subpoenas. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. The president and the White House learned about this FBI search from public reports. We learned just like the American public did uh, yesterday, and we did not have advance notice uh, of this activity. Karine Jean-Pierre also urged China to reconsider escalating aggression. Meanwhile, China says it will end Taiwan military drills and plans regular patrols. Businessman Tim Michaels, endorsed by Donald Trump, won the GOP primary for Wisconsin governor. Michaels defeated former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Kleefish, who had the backing of former VP Mike Pence. Michaels will face current Democratic Governor Tony Evers in the fall. In Connecticut, another Trump-endorsed candidate won her GOP primary. Leora Levy won the U.S. Senate primary with more than 50% of the vote in a three-way race. Levy will face Democratic incumbent Richard Blumenthal, who ran unopposed. In District 4's GOP primary, Jamie Stevenson beat Michael Goldstein with more than 60% of the vote for a U.S. House seat. Stevenson will run against Democratic incumbent Jim Himes. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, John. Michael, thank you. And it's now 6.10 on Wall Street. That's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. And here's John Stashauer. Thanks, John. Seattle Mariners manager Scott Service called last night's game one of the best he's ever seen. Certainly had great pitching. 13 innings, only 10 hits. The first game to be scoreless in the 13th since they put in the new rule where extra innings begin with a runner at second base. After four hours, finally a run was scored. Eliza gets ready. Here's the stretch. And now the 0-2 on the way to Turan. Swing and a line drive. Base hit right field. Suarez will score. A walk-off winner. Luis Torrens. And in the bottom of the 13th inning, the Mariners win it. One to nothing in this marathon over the Yankees. 
Cairo the call. Yankees wasting a Garrett Cole jam against the Seattle team that scored six runs off him in the first inning last week in New York. Cole battled with Luis Castillo, who made his third start in the last four weeks against the Yanks. The first one was with the Reds. He dominated them in all three of those starts. Yanks tried to acquire Castillo. He went to the Mariners instead. Speaking of the Reds, Mets beat him at City Field 6-2. to two. Home runs for Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil. 13th win of the year for Carlos Carrasco. He's tied for the league lead. Mets have won 14 of the last 16. Only one of those victories by one run. Another by two. The other 12 wins all by at least three runs. Atlanta won in Boston and remains seven games behind. When Jets tackle Mekhi Becton limped off the practice field Monday, Coach Rob Sala at first did not think it was a serious knee injury, and then came the MRI that revealed it was. And the news yesterday, it's season-ending. Becton hurt the same knee in last year's season opener, missed 2021 as well. The Jets drafted Becton with the 11th overall pick in 2020. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, John, thanks. Ahead uh, of the open on Wall Street, Dow Futures up 60 points. S&P E-Mini Futures. They're up nine points right now, and the NASDAQ futures up 32. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And just ahead, is this the peak for inflation? We'll put that question to Alan Zender, the chief U.S. economist at Morgan Stanley, just ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.